0: Chapter twenty four of Northwest. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Northwest by Harold Bindloss. Chapter twenty four. Jimmy resigns himself. The morning was calm, and Jimmy, walking by Margaret's horse, turned his head. Faint, sweet notes stole across the rocks, and he knew the distant chime of cowbells. As a rule, the elfin music moved him. Where the cowbells rang, cornfields and orchards advanced up the valleys, and man drove back the forest. But Jimmy's satisfaction was blunted. For two days, Margaret and he had pushed through the quiet woods, In the cold evenings they had talked by the snapping fire, but now the romantic journey was near its end. After a few minutes Margaret stopped the horse. In front dark pines rolled up the hill and the long rows of ragged tops looked like the waves of an advancing tide that broke against the rocks. Across the valley the sun touched the snow, and at the bottom of a broken slope a lake sparkled jimmy saw its surface rippled for a chinook wind blew and the frost was gone near the end of the lake a plume of smoke streaked the trees green lake ranch said margaret for a few moments jimmy was quiet when they reached the valley he thought the strange charm he had felt in the mountains would vanish it was too fine and elusive for him to recapture Until they started for Green Lake, he had not known Margaret. Cleverer than himself at Woodcraft, she had a man's strength and pluck. She did not grumble. She was frank and not embarrassed. Yet a womanly gentleness marked her, and she did not think for herself. Although her touch was light, Jimmy had felt her control and took the line she meant him to take in the meantime they were not lovers but partners in romantic adventure for your sake i'm glad we'll soon reach your cousin's house he said i don't know if i'm glad for mine margaret smiled but gently shook her head you must play up jimmy i have played up perhaps it's strange but in the woods to be content because we were pals was not hard Now we'll soon reach your cousins. I'm not content, and one is forced to think. For a time you must think about beating the police, that's all,' said Margaret firmly. "'It is not all,' Jimmy declared. "'When we went up the hill in the evening I asked you to marry me, and you promised—' "'I promised we would talk about it,' said Margaret. "'Before you start from Peter's we will do so.' but since you must start soon, we'll go on. Jimmy saw he could not move her, and they went down the hill. At the ranch fence, a man met them and took them to the house. When they went in, a woman got up, kissed Margaret, and gave Jimmy a smile. So far as he could see, Mrs. Jardine and her husband did not think it strange he had arrived with Margaret, and he was somewhat comforted although he noted that margaret's color rose margaret knew her relations they were primitive honest folk and took it for granted jimmy was her lover sit right down dinner will soon be ready said peter jardine how's the old man give us your news jimmy narrated his and margaret's adventures and until he stopped his host said nothing it did not look as if they were disturbed but they were bush folk and the bush is quiet for all that jimmy felt they owned themselves margaret's relations and for her sake were willing to help him out the trappers old shack is the spot for you peter remarked after dinner we'll start margaret must stay with us margaret agreed but jimmy objected "'Margaret is going with me to the mission. "'The police will soon arrive.' "'I reckon they don't know her, "'and they don't know how many women folk I've got. "'When she puts on Sadie's clothes, "'she'll look as if she belonged to the ranch. "'Maybe the police haven't found your trail, "'but we mustn't bet on that.' "'Margaret went off with Sadie "'and Jimmy speculated about their talk.' by and by he turned to his host i'm going to marry your cousin when she is willing sure said peter you reckon to get married at the mission that is so so far margaret refuses peter knitted his brows sometimes i don't see what sadie gets after and i sure can't calculate margaret's notion women beat me All the same, it's plain she thinks you a white man, and Margaret's not a fool. Now we'll let it go. Say, did you plug the warden? It looks like that, Jimmy replied. However, if I did hit the fellow, I didn't know I was shooting at a man. Very well. You can't get down the main track to the coast— BECAUSE THE POLICE WILL RECKON ON YOUR GOING THERE, AND WATCH THE STATIONS. I'D MAKE FOR THE PLAINS, AND THEN SHOVE SOUTH FOR MONTANA. THAT WAS STANNARD'S PLAN. PETER SMILED SCORNFULLY. YOU WERE TO CROSS THE ROCKS AND CARRY YOUR GRUB AND CAMPING TRUCK? Shucks, AN OLD-TIME PROSPECTOR MIGHT MAKE IT. YOU COULD NOT. "'You've got to lie up at the trapper's shack until we look about. "'Maybe we can fix it to ship you out of the mountains on board a construction train "'that sometimes runs down to a station on the Calgary side. "'Well, let's make our packs and catch the horse.' They got to work, and after the horse was caught, Peter turned back to the house, but Jimmy stopped. "'I must talk to Margaret for a few minutes,' he said margaret came out to him her look was quiet but he knew her resolute when dinner's over peter and i must start he said you refuse to go to the mission i want to know what this implies margaret gave him a level glance isn't it plain jimmy you know my father and now you have met my relations they are not your sort "'So far as I know, they're a remarkably good sort,' Jimmy rejoined. "'Besides, in a way, I am their sort. My grandfather was a mill hand. My father borrowed a small sum and started with cheap machinery to spin cotton at a little old-fashioned mill. He was frugal and laborious. In fact, he prospered because he had your bushman's qualities. I have loafed and squandered, but after a time I felt I'd had enough and began to see I'd inherited something from the people who made Leyland's go. Then, if we must talk about our relations, you don't know my Uncle Dick. Well, I've stated something like this before, but it's my reply to your argument. But you mean to go back to Lancashire, and when you marry, your wife ought— to begin with i doubt if the police will allow me to go back then if i can't get you i don't want a wife yet not very long since it looked as if you might be satisfied with miss stannard the blood came to jimmy's skin and to conquer his embarrassment was hard i don't think you're kind well i'm young and until i met stannard i was very raw all i knew was the cotton mill and i expect laura carried me away but i was not altogether a fool laura stannard is a charming girl the obstacle was she saw i was not the man for her then i did not know you margaret smiled but her smile was gentle perhaps i was not kind you're staunch and my experiment was shabby your remark was justified. Anyhow, it's not important. If I can cheat the police and get back to Lancashire, will you marry me, Margaret?' For a few moments Margaret was quiet. Then she said in a steady voice, "'Your cheating the police would not persuade me. In fact, somehow I think they will find out you had nothing to do with the warden's getting shot. The obstacle's not there.' "'You are young, Jimmy, and you admitted you were carried away.' "'One cannot carry you away,' Jimmy rejoined. "'I must think for you and for myself,' said Margaret, and Jimmy's heart beat because he saw her calm was forced. "'Suppose your trustees did not approve your marrying a girl from the bush?' "'Dick Leyland might not approve.' his habit's to be nasty but mine's not to bother about dick sir jim is head of the house and he's human i can't picture his not being altogether satisfied with you but you don't know jimmy pondered margaret's firmness baffled him but from her point of view he saw she took the proper line all the same it cost her something she was highly strung her color came and went and her tight mouth was significant the trouble was he dared not urge her very hard in the meantime he must hide from the police and might be sent to the chain gang i want you my dear he said i'm selfish if you marry me i run no risk but you may run some My drawbacks are rather numerous, particularly just now. "'Very well,' said Margaret. "'When you come back from the mountains, I may perhaps agree. "'But your relations must approve, and I don't yet engage—' Jimmy advanced, but she stepped back and stopped him. Then he turned and saw Mrs. Jardine wave to them from the stoop. Dinner was a melancholy function, and Jimmy thought his hosts disturbed. They were Margaret's relations, and for her sake were willing to help, but he pictured Mrs. Jardine's weighing the risk. Then he was bothered about Margaret, for Peter's confidence that his wife could bluff the police if they arrived before he returned did not banish his doubts. At length Mrs. Jardine got up and peter and jimmy went to load the horse by and by the rancher ran back for some tobacco and jimmy moodily fastened the pack rope stooping by the horse he thought he heard a step but did not look up and a few moments afterwards he felt a hand on his shoulder then an arm went around his neck and margaret turned his head and kissed him he tried to seize her but she slipped away and stopped a yard or two off. Jimmy thrilled, and his eyes sparkled. Now I know when I come back you won't refuse me. You don't know, I don't know, Margaret replied in a trembling voice. All the same, I love you, and you're going away. Peter and Mrs. Jardine came out. The rancher seized the bridle and called to the horse. Jimmy lifted his battered hat, and they started across the clearing. Three days afterwards, they stopped at a small stone hut built against the bottom of a great rock. On one side, dark pines rolled up to the walls, and a hundred yards off, one could hardly see the pile of stones was a building yet the small room was rudely furnished and the earth floor was dry they cut some wood made a fire and cooked food and after the meal lighted their pipes you have got an axe and a rifle but if you run out of grub graham the section man on the railroad will put me wise said peter tom's a white man and his post's not far from the spot we crossed the line the trapper who lived here is dead and i reckon nobody but tom and me knows about the shack i expect i've got all i want but i'm bothered about margaret you don't want a bother in the meantime margaret's my wife's sister from calgary that's good enough for the police and anyhow the royal northwest aren't city patrolmen They reckon they're highbrow frontier cavalry, and I guess the trooper won't allow a girl held him up. You'll stay put until we see if we can ship you out with the construction boys from the Calgary side. If that plan won't go, we'll push across the range for the big park valley and try to run you south. I think that's all, but if you want to send a letter to your friends, Graham will mail it for you. After a time, Peter knocked out his pipe and Jimmy went with him to the door. When the rancher vanished in the woods and all was quiet, Jimmy leaned against the post and gave himself to gloomy thought. It began to get dark. The snow-veined rocks melted in the mist, and the pines were vague and black. In the distance, a timber wolf howled, and the long, mournful note emphasized the dreariness. In the rocks where Jimmy hid at the beginning, he had deering society, and at the ranch he had margaret's and jardine's. Now he was altogether alone in the savage wilds. Going back to the fire, he threw on fresh wood, and although he was not keen about smoking, lighted his pipe. End of chapter 24 Recording by Roger Moline